As we conclude the music portion of our service this morning, we want to continue to worship by giving. We've tried to make this as easy as possible, so you can either go to our mobile app or our website to give. We are ready to hear what Pastor Mike has to say through his word this morning, so let's jump on in. So glad we could be together at Mission Vale Christian Church around the word, the weekend before Christmas. Christmas is just awesome. I, I just, I love Christmas for so many different reasons. Um, I love putting up lights on the house. I love getting a Christmas tree, decorating the tree, uh, looking for that perfect gift for someone. There's just some kind of like magic in the air during Christmas time. You know, everybody's just a little bit nicer. Uh, the preparation of, of Christmas and Christmas Eve and getting together with family and friends and it's just, it's just awesome. Everything about it, I just, I just love. Um, but the greatest thing about Christmas, obviously, is the birth of Jesus, God in flesh, into this world to be the Savior of the world for all mankind. That everybody has an opportunity to be connected to a relationship with God through one humble act that God sent His Son into the world. Now, here's, here's what I want to share out of Matthew chapter 1. We're going to be in the first chapter, verses 18 to 25. But before we read the text, um, this is the question I have. What, what do we do when Christmas is a little bit different this year? I think we would all agree in 2020, it's been a rough year. This Christmas is definitely different. And what happens when it doesn't feel like Christmas? It doesn't seem like Christmas. How, how should we take all that in? And, and if we believe in Christ and are follower of Christ, what do we do with, with all this when it seems like Christmas doesn't fit into that nice, neat package? Well, we're in good company because the first Christmas uh, written down in God's Word in Matthew chapter 1 was definitely not in a nice, neat package. So um, what do we do? God's Word has the answer. So um, let's look together at Matthew chapter 1. I'll start in verse 18. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, that because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. This is so intriguing to me how the first um, Christmas season, Christmas came about. Um, I, I think in all of this, there must have been a lot going through the mind of Joseph particularly. I love the fact that it writes that he was, you know, he was a man who was a follower of God, meaning he followed the law. He wanted to do right. There was something inside of Joseph that if he was going to divorce Mary because it seemed that she had committed adultery, I mean, this is already a mess, what can seem like in Joseph's mind. This is already chaos. 
I love the fact that God comes to him in the most opportune moment. Why did he come to Joseph in the middle of the night? I think it was because it was the most quiet, restful, peaceful time state that Joseph was in. So God is saying, I want you to hear this message clearly, Joseph. So I had to speak to you when in the midst of possible stress and chaos and trying to figure this out and how am I going to divorce Mary and leave her quietly so that she doesn't have public disgrace, I came to you at the most opportune moment in your sleep because I don't want you to miss this moment. How Joseph will respond to this, I, 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 I love how he decides to take Mary home as his wife. He just decides to obey the Lord. I think with all of this, there must have been stress, chaos, some, some anxiety. I'm sure there was a lot of questions in the mind of Joseph, but I love that it just gets right to the point that he did what God commanded him to do. And I, I really think in looking at the context of all this, that people today, I think, are looking for a quiet mind, a peaceful heart, and a comforted spirit. I think Joseph was looking for those things. And I think today, with everything going on in 2020, I think really people are looking for that. Um, but these three, three things usually do not come with ease, um, which leads to the first thing that I see here is chaos during the Christmas season sometimes is to be expected. It's okay. Joseph took Mary home to be his wife. He took her home knowing that there were rumors, false accusations, most likely, chaos, scandal, criticism about Mary. It seemed that she was sneaking behind Joseph's back and, and she committed this, this ugly act. And, and here in the midst of all this, Joseph decides, I'm going to take her home to be my wife. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to do what God commanded me to do through the angel. And, and in the middle of all this, Jesus was born into a political unrest. Jesus was born into a governmental division um, through the, um, the Roman government. Um, right in the middle of all this, there was a census to be taken, which was a complete society upheaval that everyone had to return to their hometown. And it wasn't just like crossing the street. They had to travel for miles um, in bad weather at times. Robbers would sometimes... Uh, uh, come up to, to those uh, uh, clans of people that were going back to their hometown, and there was fear there. Um, elderly people would be getting sick. This was no easy thing. Um, this was Jesus born into chaos. And just a little bit later, Herod is going to be killing every baby, male under two years old, because he wants to do away with the so-called king that's coming in his mind. And so there's just a lot to say here about the fact that this is utter chaotic. This is just chaos in its rarest form. But what I love about this is that the Prince of Peace comes into chaos. Listen, right now you may be feeling like my life is thrown into chaos. This might be the first Christmas that there's just truly the sense of loss. That one person in the family that's not at the Christmas table. The, the, the one less person that's in our life that, that we normally would have been buying a gift for or having in our home. It's just... This may be a time when maybe a loss of job or a lack of, 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 of vision or it seems like we've lost maybe our confidence or uh, we're going to school to get that degree and it feels like, man, everything has just been blown out of proportion. I don't know what I'm going to do. I've lost my sense of purpose. I just feel lost. I, I want to remind us that he comes to us in our chaos. 
just as he did 2,000 years ago in a stable, in a manger. Jesus comes to us in the midst of fear, worry, doubt, questions, all of the things that we live with. And the second thing I see here is that if Joseph didn't take a view of the bigger context of what was going on, I think he would have missed an opportunity to obey God and be in the most amazing blessing that God could bring to him of raising the Son of God on earth in human flesh. Matthew, when he wrote this gospel, was writing to the Jewish people. So there was a lineage and there was a genealogy in chapter 1 that was hugely important. I mean, this was the context that there was contextually a huge preparation done on God's part so that the Savior of the world could be born into the world. And the context of the Christmas story is that Jesus came into the world because of sin, because we were separated from God. God knew the violence. He knew the hate. He knew the governmental oppression. He knew that Jesus was later going to have no place to lay his head, that Mary and Joseph would not be able to find a, a, a place to lay their head so that Mary could give birth to the Savior. There was no palace for the king. I mean, all these things God knew. And the bigger context is that God was asking Joseph and Mary, I need you to trust me in this. You've got to trust and see the bigger picture, the context. I, I just wonder if there are struggles and difficulties in our life that we so, um, in a myopic way, we focus on these little things that we miss the bigger context of what God is doing and we miss an opportunity to trust Him. Unanswered questions, um, hardships, struggles in life, whatever we might be going through. Reminds me of the story I heard of this um, 10-year-old that was playing Little League. And uh, he was on this Little League team and all these kids are playing in the middle of this, about the fourth inning, and... Um, this one kid gets up to the plate and he squeezes his bat ever so tightly. He swings and he hits the ball and it dribbles past the, um, the pitcher. And he's running to first base and he's called out. And um, the, the crowd, the parents that are in these, these stands, these grandstands, just go nuts. They just go crazy, applauding the kids standing up. And one of the parents who's new to the team didn't, didn't know what in the world is going on here. This kid got thrown out. What, what, what's everybody going so, so crazy for? What, they, what he didn't realize is the context that that kid never played sports before, that he lost his father at a young age, and so he didn't grow up playing sports. So for him to hit this baseball, this was a huge deal for him. And, and I think often that story illustrates for me that often I can miss the context of what God is doing because life seems to be spinning out of control. We may think that 2020 was a terrible year. And I, I got to just say here in just a real moment, it absolutely is. It has been a terrible year. If we look at, at it in the eyes of just one specific situation, we may miss the context of what God is allowing to do something greater. And I think, you know, there's people all around us that don't have the benefit because they don't know Christ. They can't see the bigger picture of all. And we have an opportunity to bring compassion to others when they're in conflict. I think there's great opportunities that when Jesus came to earth, we get to be the hands and feet of the Savior of the world because He lives through us through the power of the Holy Spirit. That Jesus came to earth simply for three reasons. He came to save us. He came to deliver us from sin and from ourselves. 
and, and he came to resurrect dead things back to life. He came to resurrect your life and my life spiritually. And what I love about this is that the Christmas story unfolds here in a moment of what seems like a chaotic experience, a lot of questions with not a lot of answers, but there's a whole lot of trust on Joseph and Mary's part. Colossians 2.13 reminds me, just a covering over the context of, of, of the Christmas story. The Apostle Paul writes these great words. He says, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us of all of our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. I, I love this because it's just a reminder that Jesus came to die. God came to earth so that we could have relationship, not just here on earth, but one day when we pass from this earth, we're going to be with eternity with the Lord. And he enabled us to have that relationship through his birth and through ultimately his death on the cross and his resurrection. So Jesus, without, a, without question, is the hope of the world born in a stable, in a, in a, in a uh, place that was definitely a lot of questions without answers and a lot of chaos going on. Certainly the angel did not make it easier for Mary and Joseph to make this trek, to make this decision, and to make this, this, this travel, but he certainly made a pathway for them to trust God. And I've just got to take that into my own life, and I, I hope and pray that helps right now that maybe somebody watching or listening to this, that, that God always doesn't always make it easy for us, but he certainly provides a pathway for us to trust him. Isaiah 55, 9 says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I've got to keep that in mind. I, I just wonder in my own life, and maybe this is speaking to somebody here, I, I just wonder what maybe we have missed because we missed the context of the bigger picture and trusting God. How many relationships maybe I've bailed out on or maybe gave up on because I didn't see the greater context. Luke 10 says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. And the bottom line is the Christmas story is good news. And maybe along the way we've missed the fact that Christmas is good news. I know it's been a tough year. Got to be honest with you, this is my first Christmas without my parents. It's hard to think about how are we going to do Christmas without my mom and dad. But I got to remember the context. I know where my parents are because they were followers of Christ. I know that they're in heaven. I know that I will see them again. But with all that, it still doesn't take away from the pain of missing them here on earth. So for me this year, this is, this is the chaotic thing that I've got to trust God in. I must put my trust and my hope in God. I, I, I close with this, and hopefully this is some help for us maybe this morning, is that um, his name was Henry. He was 96 years old, lived a long life. He was raised in an Eastern religious culture where um, there were a lot of rituals and a lot of family pressure to do the family religion. And he was all his life had do done what he thought was right, following kind of false gods and doing false rituals, never bringing him peace on the inside. But it was always kind of an external pressure that was in motion for him. And he can contracted a disease and he was in the hospital 
for a couple of a uh, couple of nights, and his daughter traveled just thousands of miles to get to the hospital. And she came into the hospital during the Christmas season. She was sitting in the ER waiting to be um, entered into her father's um, hospital room. So as she's sitting and looking at all the Christmas trees in the room and hearing the Christmas music and the tinsel and lights and all of it, the only thing that come to her, came to her mind was, does my father know Jesus? Does my father know Jesus? So when she came into the room, as a nurse allowed her to go in, she simply asked the question, Daddy, do you know Jesus in your life? Thank God that someone had reached him. Because as soon as she asked that question, he said, yes, I know that I know that I know God. I know Jesus as my Savior. I, I say all that to say this, that Jesus' life was simply about the good news. And we may feel like life is spinning out of control. We may feel like it's chaotic. We, we may feel like we just focus on the one thing that's gone wrong this year or the 15 things that have gone wrong. And we may miss the context of what God is doing to distrust Him. I don't know if somebody listening to this right now and just, I, 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 you might be in the situation, I just need to know God. I, I want to know God. I, I believe that, that Jesus is real. And I, I don't know everything about that, but I believe He's real. Jesus simply asked us to do three things. Believe in Him. Receive Him as our Savior, John chapter 1. And then follow Him. I just want to invite you to do that. If you do know Christ, you do know Him, I just want to encourage us two things. To remember the context that God is still at work with the greatest message known to mankind, the good news of Jesus Christ, and this Christmas we celebrate that. And the second thing is this. We have been given this great news, this good news, to share with others. And this Christmas season, there are opportunities everywhere to share the good news of Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you to do that. Also, I want to let you know that um, we have Christmas Eve service here on our campus at 2.30, 4, and 5.30. It's going to be outside, outdoors. We'd love for you to come. If you can't make it, also want to let you know there'll be an online service on Christmas Eve. I hope you'll just um, participate in that as we celebrate the greatest event, the birth of Jesus Christ. And as always, we always uh, outdoor services here on our campus every Sunday morning at 10, at 10 a.m. We'd love to see you here and I hope that this Christmas season is awesome. God bless and we'll see you soon.